I mean, I think if it were so simple, so as to just flip a switch, wouldn't we all be doing it? <laughs> it's either you don't know that you can do it or yeah. that it's not as simple as just flipping a switch. And yeah. I would say it's yeah. probably more the latter. But then the idea of joy becomes inaccessible. Barefoot to Emmaus. This is Char. This is Byron. Today I told Byron that we would be discussing joy. 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 <laughs> that brought me some joy. Let <laughs> in peace. It's from Randall Thompson's Peaceable Kingdom. I love it. Beautiful piece. And you know, it, it's funny because right now, as we're sitting here, I don't feel very joyful, and I'm wondering why I brought this topic up, especially in lieu of some things that have been going on in our city and in our country and even in our world mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. I mean, on my mind is the Brianna Taylor case and mm -hmm. how justice was not served to her or her family. Continually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just heard about the uh, Amazon being on fire again. No. So, a lot of things that can take us away from a spirit of joy. And joy doesn't even relate to anything that we're talking about in our classes, but for whatever reason, it was on my heart. And so, mm -hmm. I wanted to have this time to talk to you, Byron, about joy. Specifically, when I think about joy, not just as an emotion, but as a discipline. Mm. That we have our surroundings, our our context that is impacting us and influencing us mm. in how we walk through this world mm. and uh, largely influencing our mood as well but that we do not have to be bound by those structures that we can actually find liberation mm. with joy i think about uh gustavo gutierrez's um reflections in a theology of liberation about this notion of internal liberation that we can find freedom within ourselves even when our circumstances are oppressive and that that liberation can actually lead us to the pursuit of our external liberation that it doesn't have to go in contradiction it's not that if one finds satisfaction in oneself mm -hmm. that one uh, stops there but that in finding that freedom one can be empowered to actually make the changes in the broader circumstances both for oneself and for one's community does it have to work in that direction no 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 it doesn't have external? to he describes them as as these different areas that there's internal interpersonal and then social liberation mm. Mm. um and i would understand the internal to also be our relationship with god well all, all of them relate to our relationship with god but yeah. the the sense of connection that if we seek to engage with our creator there is an internal element that that inherently is part of that relationship hmm. and, and you're not saying that joy is the only emotion that exists within there but that joy is one of 
that that's where joy operates? I think joy is inherently revolutionary in that it is antithetical to the internal aspects of oppression. That the forces of oppression are to control one's mind as well as one's body. And that to step into joy is in fact a liberating act. Just because our world sucks? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Can you imagine what a perfect world would look like? We would all already have joy. Well, would we, right? Like, are you saying that that joy comes from a revolutionary act? And so if there's nothing to rebel against, right? Like, is joy this thing that you, is it the goal of the revolution or is it the process of the revolution? I mean, using, using your image. I think there's other images for joy as well, but I'm really curious about this one. Well, I right? think it's like, both. People use, people use kind of gratitude as this, like, mindset, you know, brain hack type of mm -hmm. thing you know, for a, a happier life or something. Are you talking in that kind of context of, like, this is the function of joy or the source of joy or the point of joy or what? I think the spiritual discipline of joy points us towards that which is whole, that which is good. And when we see the lack of that in our broader circumstances, we now have the creative imagination, the holy imagination of seeing what is good and have the power to fight for that. So how would you d just define joy, though? Like, what, what definition of joy are you using? Because it seems like you're creating it in contrast to a couple things being, like, contextual, right? Our, our joy is not based on context. It's something that we find, in fact, despite our context or in opposition to our context, if that is a crappy context. But then what is it? That's a good question. I've heard happiness and joy juxtaposed between each other, that happiness mm -hmm. is circumstantial and joy is something that is cultivated from within. Hmm. And so you can still have a spirit of joy in the midst of hardship. Mm -hmm. That joy has to have a source. And so to be cultivating joy is to be cultivating a connection with the source of that joy. And in a Christian or in a spiritual sense, that source is creator that source is spirit that source is god so joy is just is it an emotion is it the emotional response to being with god is it i mean if it's not happiness we're assuming it's positive we're <laughs> assuming like get get tangible what like what is joy when i think about that state of joy it is a foundation of well-being that weathers the currents of any circumstance that it as we talk about Jesus as the foundation of rock that we stand upon as opposed to sand, that having faith in something that can withstand any season, any weathering, that we have our firm stance. And from that stance, we don't crumble under certain seasons. We, we still have our strength. Hmm. I think joy is an aspect of that foundation. Joy is a state of being grounded in something that is deeper than one's circumstances and something that we can build upon. That when you have that joy and the creative imagination that comes forth from joy to imagine what a world healed by joy would look like, we can embody that practically in fighting for justice. Hmm. The way you're talking about it makes it sound like this big holistic superpower kind of <laughs> thing, right? Like, I think it's an, in a little bit of contrast with, for instance, like, I'm thinking of the movie Inside Out, yeah, yeah. right? Joy is one of the 
primary characters, mm-hmm. arguably the protagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you've touched on the idea of it being like a state of being. Um, there's something I, I you, you're talking about joy in such a way as to present it without any drawbacks. Do you think there are drawbacks to joy? Or like dangers? I think there are dangers because it is it is a vulnerable thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That if you embrace a notion that we don't see manifesting in our world, you always have the vulnerability of disappointment in mm-hmm. a way that pessimists don't. <laughs> you know, that if you always think the world is shit, you're never going to be stunned, surprised, or hurt by that in any way. And I think to step into joy as a discipline is to embrace the inevitable disappointment and pain of loss that will come in that process. I do see it as a revolutionary mindset towards a future that is healed by joy. And so in as much as that is continually not happening, there is loss. There is disappointment. Why is it not happening? Well, because we live in a broken world. We have injustice in our world we but don't if, have perfect joy sure but if joy is this thing that is external to circumstances that shouldn't matter right like we started this by talking about like oh the world's in a dark terrible place right now mm-hmm. as if somehow that was a threat to joy in mm-hmm. some ways it is in some ways it isn't why like yeah and i think that's the nuance that at the same time as having that joy we can have that disappointment mm. but i don't think it loses our joy uh, you know, I, I think about times when I have been on spiritual highs and so often I would describe that experience as joyful. And I would even go so far as to say that some of the more difficult emotional experiences, like being present with someone in their loss, hmm. you know, they lose a loved one or something horrible has happened to you. Sometimes, sometimes that is the most sacred space. But I think even in those, there is a sense of joy in trusting that we have a savior who is, who is guiding us and who is holding all things in their hands. Do you, like you personally, do you really feel that? Or is that just a theoretical thing that you like think about or wish you could feel or you look back and it's like, oh yeah, I guess I was joyful. I do I, like, sometimes. Because for me, like, I don't, I don't know, hypothetically, being joyful is like a constant state of yeah just constant state but like i can look back and be like yeah i wasn't unjoyful but i certainly especially right not in the midst of a difficult thing i'm not like oh this is what joy feels like no and i would say that i i sometimes do Mm -hmm. certainly not all the time as i said it is a practice of cultivation it is a mm. spiritual discipline that I would say mm. one that I certainly have mastered and there are many times that I do not have that joy and I would say hope and joy go hand in hand that when one has hope I have a hard time seeing one not having joy or vice versa that perhaps joy is a fruit of hope or hope is a fruit of joy or somehow there is this interrelation between the two but I have been in circumstances that are heavy and yet at the same time I'm not distraught because I do have that joy, that hope at the same time. That somehow they can exist at the same time. 
Yeah. You're a man of very wuzzy lines, by which <laughs> that, that, that's a phrase, uh, very wuzzy lines is a phrase from Jane Goodall <laughs> talking about the, the lack of ability to distinguish between humans and chimpanzees. But what, <laughs> but what I mean with you specifically is the distinctions between certain ideas that you have, it, it, they blend together Hard to a distinguish, right? Like just kind of the way that you're talking about joy now in connection with hope, like what's what is the distinction? What's the between distinction the between faith, hope, joy, courage, like any of these kind of theological virtues? I think we can define them and understand their difference, mm-hmm. but I think we actually are missing the point in some ways when we feel this need to scientifically break them down as separate. That conceptually it might be helpful to have a certain understanding of like this is hope. This is joy, this is faith, but in as much as there can be an interrelation between these concepts, the more that we try to categorically separate them, it's an inorganic separation, things that shouldn't be separated. (laughs) I want to talk about this idea of privilege, because I do think a danger that I see in a theology of joy as... the cultivation of a spiritual discipline. How Hmm. condescending and in some ways even oppressive that can be to shove on people either individually or collectively (laughs) who are themselves experiencing a very real oppression. Yeah. And for that reason, I think it is very important to understand what it is that we're talking about when we talk about joy as a spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. There's this notion that it is actually a privilege to be hopeless. Mm-hmm. That people who are oppressed do not have the luxury of hopelessness. Yeah. Because they depend on that hope for their survival. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I think joy is something that is necessary for the survival of people who are being oppressed. And so to suggest that it is oppressive to encourage a cultivation of joy is is to misunderstand what it is that we are attempting to cultivate. Yeah. I'm having a hard time understanding exactly what you're saying because it's so theoretical Mm -hmm. i'll i'll jump in with uh, at a second uh, an experience of my own that one of the most profound reasons i hated christianity as a middle schooler was you know this this moment of my life where i kind of turned away from the church um was because of this happy happy joy joy christianity Mm. that's the terminology my family i think made up my mom was especially a fan of this that um and I think there's Christians who do this. I have conversations with um, elders of mine sometimes who kind of refuse. They you know, what is it? Philippians four eight or whatever. Philippians four something. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever is good. Whatever is all of those things. Think on these things, and it's and ignore the rest. And ignore the rest. That and that's part of this issue of like positivity, joy, um, toxic positivity. In mm-hmm. fact. Um, the inability to deal with or see, uh, so their definition of joy is an inability. It implies an inability to deal with or see negativity or difficulty. Um, 
and that's very invalidating of that darkness. I mean, it's, it's very invalidating of the darkness that Jesus came into and represented yeah. and also represented joy in the middle of in some ways. So, yeah, my, my family, I, I had this big reaction to these happy, happy, joy, joy Christians who that's all they wanted to talk about. And by doing that, they ignored so much. And I think, to your point, we're really missing what joy actually was. Is that like... Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think you nailed it. Did they really have joy? <sighs> wow. Can joy exist exempt from reality? Um, I mean, to some extent, reality is what you make of it, right? I mean... Conservative politics these days, it seems so. Yeah, I mean, what, what? There was that meme I was talking about. You know, it's like, oh, I went to tell my dad uh, that this thing was happening, and he said, hmm doesn't sound real and he went back to eating his cheerios it's like ah oh, the superpower of conservatism um but yeah that this i think it does take some sort of privilege now okay but sorry this was the thing that i think that's joy i don't think it's happiness which i don't think happiness is bad right to juxtapose happiness and joy is not to say happiness is bad and joy is good mm-hmm. it's to say that happiness is potentially ungrounded mm-hmm. um so you think they were happy but not joyful? I think the other way around. I think they were joyful, but not actually happy. I think they had constructed a a thing whereby, despite the situations, you know, r- rather than acknowledging the situations and being joyful out of it, they were ignoring the situations and somehow deriving joy from that. Um, and I, th- I think it's totally fine. It gets to your point of privilege. And I wanted to jump in with this idea of, like, yeah, there's, you know, if there's a... A young woman who has to walk five miles a day to go get water you know if something goes wrong yeah you're right she doesn't have the the luxury the privilege of like being hopeless quote unquote um that also made me think as you were talking about that uh this idea of like you know a fox or a bird or you know some animal animals are never hopeless right like life sucks in nature nature's scary you know, but some squirrel that doesn't have enough nuts, it's not, like, hopeless. Yeah. Is joy, then, the default without hope? Or, like, I don't know. Anyway, that was just a small thought. But that, is a, that is an interesting comment to bring to the animal queendom. Mm, cute. Yeah, I, I don't know if animals are joyful or not. I don't know if it's something we could even know. Animals I, do always look afraid. <laughs> to, to me, I think, you know, see a squirrel, What about see dogs? A deer. What about meals? Okay, like a wild animal. Wild yeah. animals, to me, almost always look afraid. And yeah. That doesn't sound joyful. I don't think they're worrying or anything. But anyway, that's, there's, there's no way that we could really know. But at the same time, I do think that is a good distinguishing factor between yeah. hope or some sense mm-hmm. of trust, perhaps, mm-hmm. in things working out which you could define as hope void of joy, maybe. Yeah. And this notion of joy that is a celebration of that which we do put our hope in. That the foundation that we stand on is something to celebrate. Yeah. You're talking about these happy, happy, joy, joy Christians as being joyful but not happy, and I wasn't quite sure I understood what you meant. Tell me why they're joyful. So you've been defining joy as like something that you find 
as an as a revolutionary act or as something mm-hmm. you know regardless of context but also like in context in a way that defies you're you're talking about joy as work like something that you cultivate or you know yeah, fight for a discipline and I, I this I it does get into your question of like privilege but um I think joy I, I try to think okay so the most joyful people I know again back to personal story growing up these South Sudanese refugees mm. who had nothing and were very generous people with whatever they did have um and it's it made me as a little boy think of this question of like what is joy how are these people so happy and I'm not going into that stereotype of like oh poor people are happy but um is it that they know the context right they they know what things are relationally you know if if you've lived your life like Siddhartha Gautama or Ignatius of Loyola or you know these these princely privileged people um never knowing any depravity or loss or anything do you really can you really be thankful for it can you really be joyful you know if you've eaten cake every day of your life vegan cake i'm sure um every day of your life then maybe not having cake one day is the worst thing that can happen to you whereas if you like have never had cake then maybe it's this big surprise this big positive thing now my sister uh candace um first time she had ice cream she was like this is gross and now she thinks it's great you know so so i you know the idea of what whatever whatever valuable nice thing i hear what you're saying yeah so your frame of reference is different yeah your frame of reference so with the idea with the privilege of being able to brush aside or ignore the bad things i think that they were satisfied i think they were joyful in what they were doing in a way that wasn't some struggle bus of you know fighting against systems they were fighting it by ignoring it mm-hmm. and there you know, there's stuff to be said about that type of mindfulness right let something just pass through you you know or just like put it aside as opposed to you know filter it uh mash it up and then make something positive out of it i think that joy can come it's not and the the reason why I think it's devoid of happiness is because I don't think they're giving themselves the true context to understand the positivity then. Maybe. I don't know. It's just an idea I came up with off the top of my head. I just, I see people and I think, as far as I know, they're joyful. Um, and, and I think that's a problem, right? I ask this question of what are the problems of joyfulness? Hmm. I think this, like, naivety, this ignorance... Um, is a potential problem with joyfulness. And I, you know, rather than saying, oh, that's fake joy, I think they're joyful. Yeah. I think it's unwise joy. Yeah. I mean, the distinction so, that I would make, yeah. and I don't know if we want to split up positivity from joy or maybe just naive joy, as you said it, to um, an enriched joy, but this idea of joy or positivity being framed by the absence of negativity as opposed to being fortified in the context of negativity. Mm. That seems to be a big distinction for me. Why? Let me put it this way. I I saw this painting once that was titled Peace, Mm. and it showed a dove Mm. that was in a little field 
totally everything fine. And then juxtaposed to the side, we see this dove that is covered under a rock and there are waves and storms crashing all around it. And it has its small little bubble of safety. Mm -hmm. And the description goes that the dove in the storm is the one that actually has peace and not the other dove because peace is something that exists in the midst of tension in the midst of of struggle there is this cultivation of peace that it's not just this absent naive sentiment of things being okay because that can always crumble the moment that any storm comes in that peace will falter but the peace of being grounded in the midst of the storm is is one that cannot be shaken yeah i you you clarified a little bit more to the end but like i I just feel like if you have a peaceful scene all you really got to do is zoom out and you're gonna find some chaos somewhere so a big piece or a small piece right uh, so to speak um they would both be peace if you it might not be a strong piece or a like testable piece like right if you have a dove in the middle of a field or something and a cannon goes off and the dove like flaps away frantically then yeah that isn't peace anymore was it peace maybe it maybe just not a very strong or significant piece but if the dove is able to like it doesn't need to be negative in order for it to be joy it doesn't need to be chaotic in order for it to be peace right you can have peace in the midst of something that is externally peaceful as well you can have joy in the midst of something i'm just i'm wanting to like move against this slightly masochistic feeling of what joy has to be yeah um courage is is another one of those examples of like courage is not the lack of fear courage is the ability to continue going despite the fear yeah that sounds more like your your definition of of like joy yeah which i think is good and valid i'm just trying to like understand do you have a practical example in your life of times that you've felt joy this is i mean this conversation i'm personally not having a ton of joy right now in this conversation Hmm. and i just want to hear from you like something well i can tell you about my yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) It, it has been a discipline that i've been cultivating recently one that i've been working on and it's actually very corporal that i i find it a practice that is very much rooted in my body. Hmm. So when I have the awareness that a difficult situation is approaching, let's say, for example, someone wants to have a difficult conversation with me, Uh. something that I've found is when I look inward at my body and recognize the safety that I have in my body, that their words cannot actually penetrate my body or my soul but that there is this sense of security the sense of grounding and when i take that the next so i would describe that more as like a grounding in peace and then to take it to joy 
I, I take that the next step further and understand that their intentions are for goodness, are for reconciliation in that re relationship, or for them to be able to voice their needs, or otherwise it is, there is a restorative aim to that difficult conversation. And I can put that in the context of the greater joy that I see in my life and in this world. And, and when I focus in on that, I'm able to reconnect with that joy and let it be my foundation in the midst of that hard conversation. Got it. That sounds very similar to everything else you've been saying. I'm curious about, like, Okay, like separately, where where does the where does the circumstance of like childlike joy, this like wild, crazy abandon that like <laughs> a six year old boy has, like, running through a field, yeah, like that. How does that joy play into this this seemingly very like stoic and methodical and intentional and work-driven revolutionary type of yeah no i, I right? really like appreciate your, your you bringing that up sounds so stressful to me no that's that's really good because that is um part of the nuance that you were talking about this naive joy and i would describe that as a naive joy there is this innocence of a dove mm. uh in that child but i think that's something that we should celebrate i mean it's something the bible seems to celebrate and for a child to have that joy, because there are children who don't have that joy, children who have been through trauma, you know, and so it's, it's not to say that this is somehow this immutable quality of a child, but it is something that in a healthy and ideal state they would have, and we want to celebrate that. And in some senses in our growth, both in terms of awareness of the brokenness of our world and in terms of our own pain and suffering, we get torn away from that joy. But I think that it, it is derived from a source of there being some inherent goodness. And like I mentioned, the, the source of that joy, that those innocent children do have a more, more intimate connection with, that it hasn't been broken, hasn't been adulterated. tough day yeah lots of work and right even just like a weird conversation five yeah. minutes before this but like I don't feel this is like this topic is so strongly ironic to be talking about in this way I don't know how do you feel about that I mean, I, I do believe that joy is something that we can cultivate even in the midst of the hardship. And I, I Of course. And I think we can acknowledge that neither one of us right now is feeling joy. Well, but the ironic thing about that is you were talking about joy as something to cultivate. As if it, you know, were totally achievable in the midst of, 
you know, this amount of not joy. So then it just felt like flat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if it were so simple, so as to just flip a switch, wouldn't we all be doing it? <laughs> it's either you don't know that you can do it or yeah. that it's not as simple as just flipping a switch. And yeah. I would say it's yeah. probably more the latter. But then the idea of joy becomes inaccessible. Right, if it's this thing to struggle for or work for. Maybe not easily accessible. But it has to... If it is something that is potentially accessible and still pursued, it must be worth it, right? Like desirable, sure. I have to think joy is something that is worth fighting for. That it is one of the signs that we are living into this life for what it can hold when we pursue joy. I think, I still think, I, I totally agree. I still think that's a, what, what's the right word? A um, deprivation mindset? Some, something, yeah, something about that. That I, tr you know, do you think joy is a natural state or it needs to be worked on? You know, I, 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 don't, I think a normal child, right? You said like, oh, a happy child might be joyful. I, I think a normal child is joyful. I think that even a somewhat sad child has pretty, like, has a, joy. has a thin veil between the act, the ability to access their joy. I think children are inherently joyful. Um, and I don't think it's hard for them to be joyful, particularly. Now, obviously, you know, if you're starving, if you yeah. are being abused, if you're in a stressful household, um, I don't imagine that I, I, that's the type of thing that takes this, like, cognitive, meditative mindset. What do you see as the difference between the children who can have that joy and adults who don't? Responsibility, to some extent. Productivity, this need to make a thing and have it be judged. I think there is this, this freedom in joy. Do you think it's the same joy that adults... No. No, but this is kind of why I wanted to dig into the differences between these ideas of like love, joy, peace... <laughs> joy, all these things, that I think there are specific reasons why things are different. Not not unrelated by any means. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should just call this, like, this episode struggling for joy or working for joy. That, you know, that joy is not the topic of hmm. what we've been talking about. Actually, fundamentally, what we've been talking about is the struggle for joy. Yeah. There's a clear difference between it's child's joy and someone who has fought for joy. I, I think when you work for joy and when you naturally have it, those, those feel different. One feels light and free and the other one feels liberating. There still is a freedom. Powerful, yeah. There is still is a freedom element to it, but it is a freedom out of something that was not free as opposed to a more inherent freedom. And that makes them different in my mind. Interesting that, oh, well, different enough to be different things? No, I would still call them both joy, but, and, and I think we, we shouldn't ignore that childlike joy. Like, I think we should look to children as our teachers in many ways for what mm -hmm. joy can be mm -hmm. and how joy can manifest in our lives. But I think the approach is fundamentally different and therefore, in some ways, the fruit is different. Yeah. I don't think a child thinks about changing the things that are broken and hurting around them necessarily because there is this 
internal contentment. They, they're joyful. <laughs> they, you know, they have things worked out for themselves in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is something revolutionary about joy that when we can find our grounding in something that is defiant to the pain and oppression around us, that we have, as I said before, a revolutionary imagination for what the world redeemed by joy can look like. And I want to reiterate what you said, which is this is not an easy thing to just step into. I mean, both of us sitting here now are not feeling all too joyful. This is this is a hard conversation, mm-hmm. which is ironic because we were talking about joy. <laughs> but it's it's hard to be honest yeah. with something that is so desirable and good, but also so difficult to achieve. Well, I don't know if this relates to the the kid aspect, but when I was a kid and even, you know, in middle school and even high school, like some stuff was hard sometimes, but I truly considered what I remember saying these words that happiness is my superpower. Yeah. Right. I was and am typically a pretty happy person. And part of that is the non is not letting negative things affect me. It doesn't take some huge concentration of will. Like, I just am a person who does, you know, I cannot, I am functionally incapable of holding on to a thing like anger for more than usually a couple hours. Why not? I don't know. It just takes, it's it's almost one of those, one of those, um, you know, classic things that parents say of like, it takes more muscles to frown than to smile, right? <laughs> to some extent, it, it takes more effort to like hold on to anger or frustration or jealousy or I don't know aspects that I think rob us of joy correct me if I'm wrong Byron but I think that in your life whether be it from privilege or just from dramatic life circumstances both the high and the low you know you've been through war zones and you've traveled the globe and you've (laughs) also had a household that affirmed yourself as someone who is worthy of love and someone who was trusted in, someone who was believed in. Mm-hmm. And I think that was nourishing grounds for a foundation of joy that perhaps you haven't put those words to. But I, I do think what I hear and what you're saying is this resilience, which I think is grounded in joy, that you do have from your faith and from your general world outlook i mean even as you are a scientist and someone who pays attention to the news and other things and you're very deeply aware of a lot of the brokenness around us but there is still also a hope right yeah i mean it's interesting you bring up hope and as i i have often also just thought of myself as a very hopeless person because I understood hope and joy to some extent to be a denial of the bad things. So there's this guilt in like, if I'm joyful, you know, or if I'm hopeful. Um, But this confidence in positivity, not in a toxic way, I do think is very core to how I just operate, whether by nature, nurture, or by a spiritual gift of God, who knows. Do we want to make a distinction between hope and joy? I think so. I think hope is future joy. <laughs> hope, you know, joy, hmm. joy. I like that. I like that. 
Great. That, that, then I'll that, stop pontificating. No, 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 this is good. This is good. <laughs> Hope is the anticipation of joy. Of more joy. In one, could, one could yeah. be completely joyless but still have hope for a few. You could be uh, drowning and have the hope that someone's going to save you, and that doesn't mean that you have joy in that moment. Sure. You know? Yeah. But joy would be in the midst of... <laughs> Can you have joy when you're drowning? <laughs> Can you I, be I don't so? I think so. Okay, so like, here's a small thing. I, I there's this type of like, I, I was having a small anxiety attack, panic attack, whatever, on Wednesday, and, um, in the moment, I became incredibly selfish. Just like, I stopped paying attention to the lecture. There were some things that other students were like making in comments that implied that they were having a hard time too, um, with some of the content, and I just like didn't care. I didn't have the emotional or spiritual energy to care. And I think, I don't know, is there a, is in a difficult moment, it would take an immense, I mean, Jesus did this perfectly, thinking about other people in the midst of his own suffering. Yeah. Mary, this is your son, John, right? Taking care of his mother. Um, yeah, I mean, it must be some huge discipline to be able to have joy in the mid like in the midst of right right after my you know panic attacky thing i was like oh i'm so glad that like i can grow from these things you know and i was almost immediately thankful for the opportunity that it presented me and god's power to redeem and reclaim all of that stuff you know right after my house burned down i felt pretty similarly yeah um story for another time maybe but yeah like Uh, how it takes discipline to like find that joy again after a difficult thing mm -hmm. how much more discipline does it take to move that moment of joy closer and closer to the actual event of desolation yeah, yeah. can you have them overlap i think the story of jesus's last day last night leading into his trial and yeah. judgment and torture and crucifixion Oof. that is the most painful and graphic story of the New Testament, but it's also rich with details of love. And I think that if we look closely, we see joy. And it makes me think, not in a judgmental way, because I think that the tendency that some of us can have, myself as a one, <laughs> This is often where I jump to is that if there's something good that I do not have or do not practice, that makes me bad. And so there's this kind of judgment of myself that can happen. Mm -hmm. This idea that, oh, if you don't have joy in your suffering, then you're not doing it right. You're not, you know, you're yeah. imperfect, which is total garbage because yeah. we are all imperfect. Yeah. And a gift should never be something that someone is condemned for not having it is something to be celebrated and looked toward as hopeful and desirable to pursue yeah that's that gets to this distinction between mercy and grace and stuff but yeah hmm it's some like i i think about my life and obviously the 
struggles that I have had in my life have not nearly compared to some of what many people have suffered in the past and in the present. Mm. But I think about my struggles and some of them have been more intense than I've been able to handle while still having a firm foundation of joy. And I wonder how differently I would have engaged those circumstances if I had been grounded in joy. And you talked about the notion of selfishness, that you turn into yourself mm -hmm. when you lose your foundation. And I think mm -hmm. that's really powerful. Going back to this notion of revolutionary imagination, how much more can we turn outward to other people and their suffering when even in our own suffering we have that foundation of joy? Yeah. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. In my heart. Yeah. I think the final thing that I want to say is what does a prophetic or revolutionary imagination of the future shaped by joy look like? To me, I think about how when I feel most grounded, and it's easiest in some ways to think about it in terms of love, when I feel most loved, mm -hmm. most poured into, that it comes so naturally to want that to flow out onto others. Yeah. That there is this sense of my cup overflows. That there is this abundance of my emotional and spiritual needs being met such that I want to pour out onto others, both emotionally, spiritually, also physically. And there is a wisdom, I think, looking to that child and how they can be walking through the same world that we walk through <laughs> and still finding something beautiful to look at, something funny to think about, something joyful to meditate on, essentially. That gives me hope that joy is a powerful enough tool to transform the world. On that note, thank you for listening. This is Barefoot to Emmaus. Wahoo! Hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Or night. Whatevs. <laughs>